points out of nine and through with a perfect record in the League Cup. Not to mention Gary Locke on primetime television where he belongs. What a week to be a jam. My name is Jarvie and I am joined once again this week by Simon, Cameron, Hammy and Paddy. Together we are the Broken Hearts Club Bat. First of all boys, I think we have to address the documentary which is the, the talk of the town, or the talk of Gorgie anyway. Um, where to even begin with this? <laughs> Hammy, chuckling away. Did you enjoy yourself? Um, I did, actually. I did enjoy it. I thought that they, they, they maybe missed out some of the things I would have liked to have seen a bit more on. Um, speaking of morons, Craig Levine. Whoa. Just nice. with, um... Thinking of that all week, eh? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It did. Uh, it did seem to just start with he's not done very well. He's gone. I was like, all right, cool. Mm. Um, and over. They almost made him look like the victim. Yeah. And honestly, it almost made me think. Oh, I feel quite sorry for him. I even felt a wee bit sorry for Austin McPhee. <laughs> just think McPhee's just a proper grady cunt. And he came across that way as well. Um, Very confident young man like, as Austin McPhee. Like best conference he was going to do, and he just like hit it with, you know, I filled in for Craig Levine uh, three times. So, like, shut up, man. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, one thing for it though, it made me really miss going to Tyne Castle. Oh, right. like, <laughs> but it was interesting. Some absolute mutants, though. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, oh. <laughs> We, we'll be in. I'm one of them. We'll, we'll be in. Hearts right. fans in general, we are just the funniest fan base. Eh? <laughs> oh, aye. We, uh, we, we know how to hate each other. Oh, sure. um, Simon, you were saying you, you quite enjoyed seeing Daniel Stendhal again. Forgot how much a legend he was. No. Aye, man. He, he just, it's the funniest bit, I think um, it was his, one of his first press conferences and they were like, oh, how's it going to go today, Daniel? What expecting? He was just like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't know. And they were like, what's your best 11? He was like, I don't know. Just trying to pick the best players. We'll see what happens. I think I'll play uh, Andy Kirk up front. He seems like a good partner. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think he was good energy. And I think if it was, a, I know it's obviously a very, cliched thing to say now about Stendhal but I do think if it was a, a better situation he was coming into and the the previous manager was not still hanging about the club like a bad smell probably would have went a lot better Just wait for episode episode 2 absolute butcher job the Stendhal going out the door Oh, aye. <laughs> Made it to be his fault be interesting to see if we get to see the conversation that happened behind closed doors about him exiting Yeah it will be Yep. It did all seem a bit cloak and dagger at the time. Um, Cameron, you were absolutely obsessed with Gary Locke. <laughs> <laughs> Please go on. If I, if I had a tenor every time uh, I got asked a question like that, I'd be I'd buy the club like Ken. <laughs> the best bit, do you think he learned that wee bit of German or do you think he, because surely he didn't remember that for school, because that's the stuff you learn at school. Go there's no way, exactly. There's <laughs> no way he remembers that for school. 
I thought I thought it was he made the whole program like, and I think he'll continue. I'd, I'd love to know what he actually does. Like he's, I, I want his job. Like oh, it's he, he literally to seems to just turn up and sit about the stadium and then pretend that he works off that laptop, which clearly either never gets switched on, or as or as you said last night, Jarvie, is purely opened on the evening news website. <laughs> no way does Gary Locke have an inbox like he's looking after it and replying to folk I loved how happy he seemed when he was saying see you later to folk after the game strolling out the office not a Aye. care in the world his he looked like they to... were in shock he was leaving so early <laughs> his job is to come in early to give everyone pelters and to leave early and say goodbye to everyone Aye. that's it <laughs> oh man God to love Gary Locke um, Paddy, what did you make of uh, Anne Budge going to the, the finance director for advice over the, the next manager's appointment? Aye. That's probably why we're in the situation we are now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, my personal highlight, Paddy, Austin McPhee's diving heater. <laughs> Aye. Mine's is that, and then just like what we all knew is Austin McPhee's tactics of give the ball to Berra and then hump it up the park. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's uh, still ongoing as well. We'll talk about the East Fife game once we get. To it. it was uh, it was quite something. It's a, a two-part dr- drama. So what we're calling three part. Okay, so it's on next Monday and the Monday after. Aye, it's no if, I, if I got a tenner for every part, that means I'll get forty quid. Like. I think uh, overall, I thought it was quite well put together. It's been uh, slaughtered a bit on on Twitter. You thought it was all right, the production of it? I thought it was really good. Yeah. No complaints with the production. Yeah, I think uh, part two will will probably be a bit more cutting because that'll be right into a really bad patch of form and then COVID coming in and stuff. I think it's going to get, I think it's a bit of a false sense of security after part one. (laughs) It'll be good to uh, relive that Rangers game, though. But oh, the one, the one, the one we won. No, the two, no, the two, oh, two. we didn't. They stand up, beat them twice. Eh? Uh-huh. Um, there, there was one bit in it that I thought was very, very strange, and it was just the way McPhee clearly worked with the team. But I don't know if he's picked up on it. He constantly referred to the players by their second names, even when he pulls Mulroney up the sideline at one point and he shouts Mulroney and then has to say Jake to him. As if, like, why would you talk to people like that? Aye. You see these people every day. You forget that they're colleagues. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I was just walking about my, my, my work. Second names all the time. Not... Thompson. Uh, excuse me, you all call me Jarvie. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Austin McPhee. If I, if, on a serious question, if he, do you think if he had a proper haircut, he would have got taken twice as seriously? No, I think he's still a moron. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't help him, let's put it that way. No, no. Um, Hammy, we normally go to uh, Out of Context, Jambles Kickback, a fair bit um, deeper into the show, but it was only, only fitting that we now go over to Kickback. Talk away and don't talk a lot of shame. Um, to have a I chat about very, very mixed reviews. Um, 
So we'll start off with, uh, I don't think it was that bad. No surprise. No surprises, they used a lot of Gary Locke. McPhee came across as a knob. Reckon they have a lot worse on film, but the pandemic has meant that a lot of focus will be on what happened after March. And I can sort of see that, you know, they've got three episodes to fill. All that shit happened. It's maybe just went, let's cut it. Oh, right. I bet, I bet the months. editors of that, and Pad, you can probably speak more on this. I bet the editors got like the first couple of episodes done and then COVID hit and they were like, oh, fuck's sake, and had to completely redo the whole thing. Yeah, they probably would have done because they'll have been planning for a full season and they got three quarters of one. So, but the more interesting stuff would have been after the season finished yeah. or was called early. I think it'll be interesting to see what footage they got, especially once lockdown and everything hit with the court case. I mean, and all that. Oh, there'll definitely be some rolling shots of Gorgie Baron, <laughs> and then and then lockdown will hit. Yo, yo. Um, one for you. Cameron, uh, love Gary Locke. He is just pure heart. I agree. Um, then there was Absolutely. a few other ones. A few, a few other ones because of what you were saying there, you're feeling sorry for uh, Craig Levine. So it was totally agree with you. Felt really sorry for him. Yes, I also wanted him to go. His results and style of play were terrible. However, he loves hearts to the point the man had the heart scare. So some of the foul comments on him were way over the top. Just me. I thought you could see the hurt in this guy's eyes. He was a good servant to Hearts, but it's a shame the way it ended. I still think he bleeds Maroon. The heart scare took more out of him than he was probably let on. Mind you, with who was minding the ship, no wonder he rushed back after getting stents inserted. Obviously mentioned McPhee there as well. I mean, ah, you fucking I find it hard. Club. We're still suffering now. Yeah, yeah, I find it hard to feel sorry for him. No, oh, in I'm no good. way, shape or form do I feel sorry for Craig Levine. Brought this all on himself. <laughs> Craig Levine, we spoke about this on previous episodes. If Levine left after the Scottish Cup final against Celtic, even with that defeat, you know, he'd be really well respected still. And that was after half a season of shite. Aye. He stayed far too long. He should have took the decision to leave the club when it was bad. And he's ruined it for himself. It's going to take yeah, a decade definitely. for Hearts fans to figure him and for him I to come I... and draw a half-time draw ticket and what have you. I think it'll be less than that. I do. I think we're fans are fickle, and when we forget quickly, I I don't think it'll be as long as ten years. Two. <laughs> Two years. I think he still gets booed if he comes on at halftime to draw. draw I think a it ticket. depends. Yeah, it depends booed. on how we bounce back. If we go back up this season, and then after next season finish well, I think fans have forgotten. If we struggle for the next three or four years, I think it'll be more of a yeah. more of a boo. Yeah, yeah. Like so what, what Hammy was saying. Like he he said, it must have been really difficult to sack him. Maybe just walk then if it's that difficult yeah. to sack. But they sort of they touched on that as well about how it was a really hard decision and oh, and black and you're like it shouldn't have been a hard decision. It's maybe we that's didn't just see a lot of budget, the, yeah we did see a lot there. of the actual Should conversations behind closed doors. I thought we would have seen yeah. that, but. Obviously not. Yeah, I like they also didn't show the protests outside the main stand. Aye. Stones getting they chucked at the windows Aye. for Levine to get out. So it shouldn't have been a hard decision. It should have never got to the point where fans are protesting. Aye, they were like, oh, it's filming some fans like after like three or four games being like, oh, you know, it's not a great yeah. start, you know. And then it was filming some other fans maybe after like 10 games or something being like, aye, any other club would have sacked the manager. They didn't show the country on the other side throwing stones and going mental. Mm -hmm. 
Another, uh, another post said, I really enjoyed episode one. I'm kind of glad it didn't focus too much on the pitch, like Sunderland Till I Die does, and instead about behind the scenes and things like the Foundation of Hearts, etc. Bearing McPhee, everyone else so far came across well. In hindsight, I wonder if Austin McPhee was dressed like that, like he was due to being on camera. The next episode of Stendhal should hopefully focus on him and what went on with the likes of Baron Whelan. I still feel very sorry for Daniel Stendhal and how he was treated by the Scottish media and ultimately by the club. Jarvie, you mentioned Whelan in the group chat last night and I honestly had literally completely forgot about him. And <sighs> Charlatan. I'm sorry. He was glad. probably getting paid up until we fucking got relegated. Oh, aye. Um, then it turned a bit bad. <laughs> Given all that was going on, I found it all very superficial, bland and disappointing. It didn't even scratch the surface and I learned nothing that I didn't know already. What I took away from that are that, as I suspected, McPhee is absolutely hopeless and Gary Locke is gorgy through and through. What a man he is. Um, so that was sort of the common theme. Um, somebody also <laughs> said, should have showed more of the women's team. At least they were winning. I got, again, I agree with that. Pretty mm-hmm. dull and boring. Not really a surprise considering BBC Scotland are involved again. Didn't think it was too bad. Um, more feeling sorry for um, Craig Levine. And then somebody went on a bit of a, a rant about McPhee's chauffeur-driven journey from Fife yeah, no. the oh, game against St Mirren. <laughs> what was that about? I don't know, man. Does he <laughs> live I'm guessing he must have lived over there. Yeah, yeah, he's a Fifer, proper Fifer. He was manager of um, Kelty Hearts, remember? He's a, a local. And he's with three-piece suit getting driven across the Aye, bridge. he was like, oh, so I brought them up to St Andrews to get them away from it, and you just couldn't be fucking arse driving down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't really fully understand that as well. Again, McPhee just came across as one of these, I said again last night, m- these moneyball managers putting players into positions that maybe they're not the best players there, but they've got the better mm-hmm. stats. So he said something about Bazanic being <laughs> the best to second balls at the club and things like What? It could be, it in all... fairness, it could be the reason for taking Watson Andrews was just to get them away for Gary Locke over watching all the training sessions <laughs> for the empty stand. <laughs> Gary Locke does have the best job, if you're a Hearts fan, uh, the best job ever. Kick on, Gary. <laughs> um, just had a look there. Austin McPhee, surprisingly, doesn't have a job since he left Hearts oh. at the end of May this year. <laughs> oh, no way. He's probably still getting paid by us. What's the point? <laughs> uh, this contract definitely did terminate. Well, it didn't terminate. It ended 31st of May, which is good. Uh, but he's, he's still a, he's the assistant manager for Northern Ireland still, I believe. With, okay. um, after Michael O'Neill left, he stayed on in that role. I think, um, see with these, the, the Highland teams and the Lowland League teams qualifying, getting into League Two, I wouldn't be surprised if Austin he takes over a League Two team at some point and tries to moneyball his way up. Not sure after they saw that last night. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. And I just don't think Austin he's done the Scottish football yet. Scottish football is dumb with him, though. <laughs> <laughs> Chewed him up and spat him out. That was it. Thank you, Hammy. Um, just a, a couple of bits of news to touch on. Um, then we'll, we'll have a chat about Scotland's all-important upcoming games. Um, 
looks like all the Hearts players will be wearing number 26 on their shorts as a tribute to Marius Zaliukas for the final, Scottish Cup final on the 20th of December, which has got a nice touch. Um, it's also just Craig Halkett's current squad number. <laughs> so that could be quite confusing. Nice symmetry there. <laughs> yeah. Centre back, captain. Yeah, yeah. I hopefully... I hopefully we'll be wearing armbands because hopefully Naismith doesn't start. <laughs> um, other than that, the news has been generally quite quiet. Um, just to touch on international call-ups in our upcoming fixtures. Craig Gordon, Liam Boyce, Michael Smith and Andy Irving are all away on international duty. So they've missed this evening's game against East Fife and they'll be returning to training or probably on a rest day on the 19th of November. Did Andy have no score the night? He did. Beautiful <laughs> goal. How do um, you just say he was going to miss it? Oh, right. <laughs> right enough. Maybe the under-21s uh, fixtures are a bit later, but aye, Andy Irvin's going to be with the under-21s again. So all, aye, all um, four of them are missing the... Surely going to miss the Dunfermline away game on the 20th. Um, big game. It's a big game. Dunfermline are in good form. Yep. Um, are you worried about that? Four kind of key players, really. After tonight, aye. Yep. <laughs> after after the last three league performances and that, then aye. Mm-hmm. Aye. Um, <laughs> 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 um, all your money on Dunfermline <laughs> against know, us. Wraith, the thing is, Wraith look really good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> The league's starting to shape up. It's getting interesting. Um, but I think Dunfermline's going to be our hardest task this season so far. Dundee gave us a... Well, Dundee was an easy game. Hibbs was a piece of pish. You know, that'd be good to come up against, <laughs> come up against a, a challenging team. I don't know. Our broth run is pretty close. That's right. <laughs> that was the one I couldn't remember. <laughs> I mean, Hibbs were near our broth, but it was a, a good test. Um, so that's international call-ups, which leads us nicely on to um, speak about the Scotland games and Scotland-Serbia this Thursday night. Um, Paddy, is this our biggest game in 20 years? I think we say this every time this sort of game comes around, but yeah, it probably will be. <laughs> hey. Well, this uh, Normally we don't get this close to qualifying. We're literally 90 minutes away potentially, from qualifying for the tournament. We did beat Holland 1-0 so, in the first leg of a qualifier. I mean, we got beat 6-0 in the next the leg, next but... <laughs> <laughs> we don't speak about that game. Um, Serbia are equally as desperate to qualify um, as they've not qualified for the European Championship since they were part of the old Yugoslavian Republic, which I found interesting. Um, apparently, the Serbian fans are already celebrating like they've qualified... However, head coach Lullaby Tambasco. <laughs> Lullaby. That's not his name. Yeah, I'm going to say that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> you, you Google it and try and say it. Lubisa. Lubisa Tambakovic. Well, he is not taking it for granted. He said it this week, this, and I quote, the Scots have a special and long tradition in football culture. Don't forget that one of the biggest games in the world, the old firm derby, is Scottish. And that's pretty staunch as fuck, still referring to it as the old firm game. So I'm, I'm going to take a stab at his name as Lubisa Tumbakovic. Oh, I was close. I was only joking with the lullaby, but there you go. <laughs> like anyone knows who he is. 
Um, we'll just call him Tam. <laughs> Tam the Serbian. Uh, Paddy, you've been keeping a close eye on uh, Serbian smuggling <laughs> out of Italy over the last week and keeping us well informed. Could you give us a bit of an overview of what that was all about um, and who's, who's smuggled out, what's happening there? It was a massive misunderstanding that a lot of their Italian-based players couldn't play for the team, but they actually can play for the team. Because they're in the um, elite sports bubble, they were allowed to travel to play for Serbia. So Serbia actually only have two players, one of which has COVID, and the other which is injured but doesn't really play for them anyway, that aren't available to them. Okay. Right. So it was all dramatised for nothing, really. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think the player from Ferner Bremen is the one you're talking about, who yeah. I don't believe has played them for months. He's not been in the national setup. No. Nah. And the other one's Felix Juricic, who did score two goals against Scotland seven years ago. He has COVID, so isn't allowed to travel, obviously. That's good. But other than that, Milinkovic Savic is gone. Dusan Tadic is able to play for them. Uh, Jovic is able to play for them. And Big Mitro at New- uh, no, Fulham sorry, is able to play for them as well. So they've still got a lot of the good players that they're able to play. Yeah. Are they playing Scott McTominay at right centre back in a back three with Paddy Considine <laughs> and Scott McKenna and fucking Bernobi? <laughs> <laughs> um, Cameron with the the Scotland squad, um, a couple of big names out. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> a couple of big names. Yeah. Grant Hanley's out. Um, which, oh no! Big, big man. <laughs> I feel none of us will be too upset about the other one being uh, Ryan Fraser, which I think you'd agree yeah. is a big loss, considering the way he played in the last set of games. Really looked yeah. like he was kind of driving us forward. So yeah, big loss there. I feel like Newcastle owe us a player, so we'll just take that Saint Maximum. <laughs> <laughs> sure, they got. I'll be a Scottish grandmother, great grandmother in there somewhere. He wears, he wears Gucci like headbands and that. I, I think a wee Glasgow Ned would, would do that. <laughs> um, Cameron, in terms of tactics, Ryan Fraser, Fraser is a massive blow uh, playing off Lyndon Dykes in the last game um, and done fantastic against the Czech Republic. Do you think against Serbia we're going to play someone off Dykes again? Do you think we're going to set up with two up front? Or do you think because Fraser's out, we're going to have to set up differently? I'd love to see us go to up front, but I mean, you're looking at it striker-wise, I don't see him starting. McBurney, I, I don't think Griffiths has had enough time to go straight into the squad for 90 minutes. It'd be interesting, you could put one of the midfield players further up. You've seen Armstrong played further forward for Southampton the weekend, got a goal, looked pretty good. Um, but I think it might be that you find... McGinn sits up there behind um, Dykes. He's done that really before, Dykes is he? the lone striker. Mm-hmm. With McGinn. Right. Yeah. And McGinn does well. I think McGinn's he's still our top goal scorer, isn't he? Through the, the qualifying campaign. Uh, he went on a good run. Um, yeah, we're uh, I was going to ask you, Stuart Armstrong, Southampton side are somehow top of the league. He's in great form and scoring at the weekend, like you said. Um, if Fraser's out then, do you think he has to start in the form he's in? Or do you think he's going to struggle to get in? I'd like to see us playing our best players, or players that are in the best form at any one time. And yeah. I think 
on that, he has to be in there. Steve Clark doesn't doesn't change much, but does he? We'll see. No, I just the one thing that does worry me with that is if we now seem to have a much fitter, healthier squad with players in form than we did last time around because we lost the players due to COVID. I hope he doesn't then become a bit flustered and force players in. You'd like to see us play players yeah. in their, their right positions, not well, trying to fit a system. That's exactly on that point. Hammy, what do you do if you're Steve Clark now at the back where you've got Kieran Tierney back fit and healthy? Um, we're coming off the back of three clean sheets in a row, going for four without Tierney. What do you do here? Do you do you still play your kind of three centre backs, your two wingers, and fit Tierney in, or do you leave it unchanged given the form we're in? What what's he going to do? Uh, personally, I would you know keep it the way it is, um, but I think he'll play Tierney. I don't think he'll he'll want to leave him out. Um, I think he'll play in that left centre back role that I think um, Cooper played in the previous game. Um, yeah, I, I just I can't see him leaving Tierney out if he's available, which I don't necessarily agree with. But it's that horrible situation again when we've got two absolutely amazing left backs. Mm-hmm. It's a tough would you, one. Would you not? Would you not like to take the advantage if you could of, of getting Tierney at centre back if it freed up McTominay in some way, to put him into holding, and then you could get rid of Ryan Jack at the squad completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but then it's Cooper left-footed. I can't actually remember. Yes. Ah, yes, I think. I'm sure they. Well, for the last game, we had game three that, I it's backs. just one of those horrible things where you're moving players around to fit another player, and I don't think that benefits the team particularly well. I think I think he will put in Tierney just because he's our second best player, third best player. And he'll just want the best players on the park. But I do think it works much better with Gallagher, Considine and McTominay. I don't like McTominay at centre-back, even in a back three, but it did work for the last three games. So I wouldn't change it. But I think he does put Tierney in there again. Yeah. So so what's your kind of back five, Simon? What's he from left Robertson, right? Robertson, Considine, Gallagher, McTominay, and then... Whoever at right back, I don't really care. Oh, Donald. They have one. Yeah, Donald. the thing is, Tierney plays the exact same position for Arsenal, but at left back is that Bakayo Saka. Saka moves into centre mid when we have the ball, but with Scotland, Robertson moves it into left mid when we have the ball, and he's just useless for there. Yep, completely agree. You know what really annoys me with that as well? Normally, Ryan Christie plays the left off a, a kind of diamond in midfield. And with Robertson's positioning going up there and how wide Christie goes, they're basically just playing the same position when we're going forward. Right, it That's does really fight. jar in. Frustrating. But it'll be interesting. Um, in terms of current form, Serbia are on a winless run of six straight competitive matches within 90 minutes with four draws and two defeats and just one win in their last five home games. And we're, of course, brimming with confidence, unbeaten in eight, coming off the back of a victory against a COVID-free Czech Republic team. Can we do it, boys? Can I be bold enough to ask for your predictions and thoughts? Nothing like a get-right game against Scotland, eh? <laughs> I I I do, and I think we've mentioned it before that Scotland get themselves up 
for these games. If it was, you know, if it was somebody like, genuinely, somebody like San Marino or something, we would probably struggle. But I actually think we'll come out and play. But that team is very good. We will need to play very well, but I think we'll do it. Like, they have genuine world-class players. We have Andrew Robertson, who is a world-class player in a certain system. And we have Kieran Tierney, who might be a world-class player, and John McGinn, who's on his way to being a world-class player. But they have, like, Dusan Tadic, who was nutmegging Real Madrid and then Zidane spins and scoring four goals against Real Madrid and stuff like that. And I'm sorry, there's just no player in that Scotland team that's going to do that. Well, I'm going to be the voice of positivity. We are going to this tournament. <laughs> I'm going to scream my house down, greet my eyes out, smooch my telly, spill a bovril over my new sofa, stay in it, get kicked out in the street, have a fantastic evening because Scotland are going to the Euros. <laughs> and then you'll be booking your tickets to Stalingrad. <laughs> It's um, St. Petersburg now, isn't it? It has been yes. for a very long time. <laughs> ah, well, in my day, it was called Stalingrad. <laughs> Back in my day. Um, Paddy, before we talk about how what happens if we win this game, what's your prediction for it? I think we go through, but after extra time. I think we'll go to extra time in this game. Yeah, okay. Nice one. Um, I'm going to say for the record, I think it will be the same party. I think it will be 0-0. We'll take it to extra time penalties and go through. Or we'll, we'll go there, set up tight as fuck, nick a goal, and we'll go, f- go away 1-0 victors. It's happening, boys. It's happening. We're gone. We're this gone. Is, this, is, this is Steve Clark's plan, isn't it? Get out of there with a 1-0 win. Oh, aye. 100%. Um, Get out of there alive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all Cameron there's been a lot of talk because of Covid um, instead of having the game spread across the whole of Europe um, Scotland were set to have two games at Hamden and one at Wembley against England if I'm not mistaken there's been a lot of chat about moving the whole thing to Russia so uh, the whole Covid situation could be managed a bit tighter what's the latest on that if you've heard anything so the latest Insight, uh, or the latest insight. I've got a man in, in UEFA telling me things. Um, no, <laughs> the, the latest update from UEFA is that although they're monitoring the situation and looking at options, the tournament is still planned to go ahead as it originally was and not take place in one country. Although I think if it was to be one country, what's what's the driving force behind Russia? Is it is it money again? Does that really look great for oh, world football? But this is a country that has its Olympic team banned currently. Yeah. And have recently been accused of doping in almost every single sport. Nothing against Russia, though, just in case they're listening in. Don't want any poisonings. (laughs) (laughs) The the Broken Hearts podcast, targeted by Russian spikes. Listen, I don't want to get ahead of myself here boys but see if we do qualify (laughs) see when we do qualify we're in a group with Croatia Czech Republic and England right and to qualify from the group we can definitely qualify (laughs) from that group stop it man we can can beat the Czech Republic 
Mm-hmm. We were all seven the last time there was an international tournament. Can we not just be happy with going to one before we start talking about that? <laughs> if this tournament happens, I doubt we're fucking going. Well, what about the vaccine? Hammy, Hammy what's the latest on the vaccine? <laughs> Even if there is a vaccine, I'm not going to Russia. <laughs> no. Yeah, the visa centre's just around the corner from me. I'll hook you up, guys. Don't worry. We'll be fine. <laughs> going and speak to Svetlana. We'll just go hearts. Vladimir Romanov, you know? <laughs> there you go. We've qualified. We're through the group. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start looking at, can you get those big printouts, the big pullets from the paper where you can plan your route to the final? See who we'd get in the next round. <laughs> it would just be so typical of Scotland, but if we finally qualify for a tournament and then two of our games are at Hamden. Oh, I'd be shy, yeah. In front of nobody. Aye. I mean, if this vaccine, uh, like they say, it's going to be, um, it's going to be out to the over sixty-five. So they're planning by like Christmas time. But by the time the tournament starts next summer, you know, you might see a, a good chunk of fans and grounds. Like, if it moves as fast as it says, fingers, crossed. fingers crossed. Keep yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, aye. Scotland Day. Eh? Um, back to reality, and not, not not an alternative universe. Uh, I think it's time that we spoke about the Hearts Inverness game <laughs> from the weekend. Woo! Feels so long ago. It does. Um, it seems like old news already, so it's just going to be a, a fairly quick run through. Um, but Simon, do you want to kick us off for the usual um, breakdown of formation, tactics, and what have you? So it was a, a 4 5 1 essentially. Um, usual back four of Smith, Halkett, Pescu, Kingsley, Gordon, and Goals. Good to see Haring getting a start in the holding mid. Um, we were playing Halliday and Lee in front of him, and then our wingers were Stephen Naismith and Craig Whiten, and then Boyce up front. Um, Robbie Nielsen's usual plan, be solid at the back, attack through the wings, get balls in the box. We scored through balls in the box, but without out-and-out wingers, Robbie Nielsen really struggles. We've seen that again tonight. Without people who are going to make an impact on the wing, Robbie Nielsen doesn't really have a plan B. Mm-hmm. And it's really concerning. So, Naismith was so tight, so we were just congested in midfield against Inverness. They had a lot of success getting in behind our fullbacks because there was absolutely no cover. Um, I think we've done well to take our chances, but Inverness deserved to get something out of that game. Yeah, I'd agree with you, they did. Um, I thought at first it was quite a positive start. There was, I think, I can account in through the game. Inverness sat quite quite high up the park. There was four chances with, with balls going over the back and running onto Whiten. I thought it was just a matter of time before he got on the end of one, but he was squandering chances or it was kind of last last gasp tackles. He just never got the shots on target away. Um, overall, it was a pretty scrappy and shitty game, Simon, <laughs> wasn't it? It wasn't I, really entertaining. I don't um, know what anyone else thinks, but we we really, really struggle without wingers, without players who are going to make an impact on the wing. And I don't know what he was thinking, putting Naismith on the wings. I don't think Naismith's got the legs to play centre mid. I think at most you can sort of play him if, at a three in the middle of the park if people are going to cover him like against Hibs, where he was able to make a wee bit of an impact, pick up fouls and just take the pressure off. But putting him on the wing... Similar was, Walker. Yeah, he was so narrow that you can't really say that he was a winger, but 
it's so easy to defend if everyone's going narrow and if everyone's in the same sort of line or in the same same vicinity, you don't really need to do much to bypass them either. And Inverness showed that. They had more shots on target than us. They had the same amount of shots on goal, but they really should have got something to the game. I was really disappointed by it and raised a lot of questions that were not answered tonight. Hey. Um, let's just touch on the goals. Uh, the 47th minute, perfect timing just as the, the second half got underway. Uh, Stephen Kingsley delivered a nice cross into the box. White and missed it. And uh, Naismith tucked it away. <laughs> that was why you, that's why you have Naismith in the park. He does absolutely nothing until moments like that. And he, he finishes really well. Like, Naismith's finishing with these wee scrambling chances in the box are always brilliant. Like I'd love to see his ratio yeah. over over his whole time at Hearts because it feels like every one of his goals is like a, a quick takes a takes a bounce the next thing you know it's in the back of the net. And they all seem to like come off his shin or like yeah. the wrong part of his foot, but they're always like perfectly in the corner. So I think he's actually meaning to <laughs> no, do I'm that. I'm quite disappointed that he seems to have stopped doing his boom celebration in that one. <laughs> I think he's maybe just waiting <laughs> to get back and uh, score a few more goals so he doesn't look Aye. like it's just a bit random. Um, anyway, uh, Liam Boyce opened his account for the season on the 70th minute, uh, getting on the end of a low Ollie Lee cross and what a finish, Diamond, to be fair to him. Aye, that was beautiful. That was a really good goal. It was one of the few times we actually managed to create a bit of width and, and get a ball in the box. We'd done it a couple of times, but nothing really came out. But aye, great improv improvisation. The ball was a... Uh, the defender was coming across, so if you had taken it in front of him, the defender probably would have blocked it. So, mm -hmm. done really well. The keeper had a bit of a nightmare there. Aye, he did. But I just don't think he was expecting it. I think he was expecting it to go to his front post. So when it kind of came right at him, he wasn't in the right position to make the mm -hmm. save. Um, aye, absolute sorcery. See, see, for that period, what was that? The 70th minute, maybe five minutes before and 10 minutes after. Ollie Lee was playing out on the right and he was doing a good job. Again, he's, he's just as slow as Naismith is, but he's got so much creativity. Um, and see with Lee, he's kind of, almost feels like he's being forced and restricted to playing in this deeper role. Um, I know Jamie Walker's our, our best 10, but I just think Lee's got so much more ability playing high up, up the park. We saw that against Hibbs as well. Um, do you think he can, that can, Nielsen might need to change his tactics to try and get Lee into these positions a bit more? What do you think he does with him? I think Lee's suffering with the, with the lack of fit wingers we have right now because he's one of the players who is consistently doing an all right job for there, so he's going to keep putting him there. So, Although it's not his best position, he's going to keep putting him there because he's no, he's no one else is going to do it. Boy, fair play to him. I, th I thought he actually had a really good game. It was Hearts played poor, but all our chances, all our going forward chances, the through balls and the the he's shots well, that he's were willing to try things. Yeah, it was all a result from Ollie Lee. I've seen some people saying he had a really bad game, but the same against Hibs. He was pulling the strings against Hibs for the most part. He might not be the, the name down with an assist against his name, but it's Lee that's taking the ball forward, the, the driving force half the time. So maybe it's just some uh, uneducated you need, people. You need to speak to Austin McPhee. Yeah, money boss stats. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, um, so Liam Boyce opened his account, Simon. Let's have a wee look at our, uh, our bet for the season. So for, <laughs> for any, uh, any new listeners... Um, 
Simon and I have a bet. The bar set at 15 goals for the season. Um, he has to play a certain amount of games. What was it? 23, I think we said. I will go for it. I don't remember. I think it was 23. Um, fine. There's absolutely no... Unless he starts scoring absolute turns, you're owing me money, boy. <laughs> so for every goal under 15, I owe Simon £5. For every goal over 15, Simon owes me £5. So if Boyce continues to score at a rate of 1 in 3, that would be 9 goals for the season. So I do you a bit of money. But surely he's going to score more than that. So I, I, I could see this just breaking even, you know that. If I had a five for every goal, he didn't score. <laughs> um, I, I, just, I don't think it's going to be very exciting. I could just see it being like 14, 15 now in hindsight. But who knows? Um, Paddy and Hammy, you've got a, a wee cheeky Craig Gordon bit. What's that again, Hammy? Talk us through it. So we were very similar to yourselves. Um, obviously, Craig Gordon's not going to score many goals this season. <laughs> so instead of that, we went with clean sheets. Um, again, 15. It's a nice even ground. No, I don't think there was any chat about games played because Gordon's going to be the first choice keeper. So he's probably going to play majority of them. Albeit he is missing one next week, which is a bit of a stinker for me. Mm-hmm. But 15 clean sheets. I'll be honest with you, I thought he would have more than he does now. He's currently on three, and I think we've played eight games. Five, six, seven, eight. Yep, eight games, three clean sheets. Um, oh, well, he's only played seven, but obviously that's... Uh, we were count, only so. including league games. Are you just including all the cups? I think Hammy soon you don't, you? I'm not going to lie to you, Javi. I can't remember what this bet is. Well, we'll have to go with what I say then, aren't we? sadly. Um, I thought we'd bet a set amount of money as well. I didn't realise we were doing the fiver thing. Ah, let's just stick with that as well. It'll be fine, don't worry. Oh, will I? <laughs> um, if it was just in the leagues, um, he's currently sitting on one. So... Um, I'll take the other two if you're offering them. Also, if I could um, revise my over three goals average for Hearts throughout the season, I'd quite <laughs> like to do that because that's never happening. We were so optimistic. <laughs> I know, I'm the only person to say every, under, I think. every fucking time. <laughs> you didn't say under Jarvid. I did. I said no chance. He did. I remember him doing the... the the division of games to goals and no, scoring like goals 80, like 87 or 87 I think no chance for scoring 87 bloody goals I've no. got, got Hammy down as selling that as well oh yes <laughs> well stick me down man <laughs> <laughs> um, but I that pretty much sums up the Inverness game um, 4 out of 10 wouldn't like to watch it again Um after uh, Aaron Doran scored in the 87th minute, it was a very nervy last five minutes. Um, totally thought they could come away with a point, and they probably deserved one. You know what I was saying before the start of the season, and I think it's coming true. See, last time we were in the Championship, we created an air of invincibility almost. that We'd won the game before it even started. Teams were coming thinking, right, we'll just no get pumped. We were absolutely spanking team 10-0. Did we you know win like our first 11 games and then we drew our 12th one or something like that? Like we were just walloping teams and we needed to start, again, I mean, I know we've got a 100% record, but 
teams will be watching these games, especially like sort of Wraith and Dunfermline, and thinking, yeah, we can deal with that. We can do that. We can beat them. Mm-hmm. I always remember Roy Keane and Patrick Vieira having a conversation. Um, it was on YouTube, and they both said that whenever they played any other team in that period when Arsenal and Man U were so dominant, they would have won the game before they'd even walked onto the park. And it was just that, that mental barrier. And the only team that they didn't feel that with was with Arsenal and Man U. They'd, they'd genuinely be nervous about the result. I wanted that for Hearts this season. I wanted teams to... Because I think we had that the last time in the Championship. I wanted teams to lose it in the tunnel, see the players we've got, see the level that we were playing at and think, well, oh, fuck this, we're never winning here. Whereas I think teams will walk it, maybe not to Castle, but definitely at home and think, we can, we can nick a 1-0 win here. We can frustrate Hearts, sit back and beat them on the break. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Um, I mentioned, I think I asked you last week, Paddy, actually, um, if you felt there would be a hangover effect following the Hibs game. I think we're seeing one. I think there was so much energy focused on the, the Dundee game for the season opener and then the Hibs game that we've almost ran out of steam. I think um, Wilson needs to inject a bit of life back into it. But hopefully... If, it's mental how big a play it is for us already, but when Ginelli comes back, hopefully that'll freshen things up again. This is the old thing that a player's value only goes up when he's out. So you yeah. see, like players who are injured, and you always, you always, when that player's back, that's a that's a perfect player to come back. Mm-hmm. At the level we are playing at with the squad that we have, we shouldn't be relying on one player. A wee bit nervous for the Dunfermline game. Not as nervous as the Serbia game, mind you. <laughs> Having said all very, that, we have uh, one all our games. Very nervous couple of weeks ahead. <laughs> Say that again, Paddy, on you go. We have won all our games. I know it's not been good, but we've still won all our games. Exactly. And if we beat Dunfermline, I'm sure we've got a nice, easy run after that as well. So long may it continue. We shall see. Um, one game that we managed to win, but we definitely shouldn't have, was the East Fife game, which I have just witnessed tonight. Um, I'm absolutely <laughs> stinking of BO. I am sweating so much. I've, n- I've never seen a game like it in my life. Um, just to, to rattle through this one for you. Um, East Fife took kickoff. I, I don't think I've ever seen a team take kickoff, play it back and lose the ball and then for the other team to score. So Ollie Lee scored within 20 seconds without the ball being in Hart's half. Okay. <laughs> East Fife took kickoff again moments later, and they played it backwards again. We won the ball back, and Ollie Lee scored again. So we were <laughs> 2-0 up, and genuinely, like no exaggeration, the ball hadn't been in Hart's half, and we were up 2-0. See if you're playing in that game, and it's obviously like not official game people right no 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 we'll just start again that's no <laughs> fair like when you play five sometimes and just Aye. for whatever reason we weren't fucking ready <laughs> <laughs> we were just kicking it about <laughs> well for the next this is only what, the second minute of the game but up 2-0 the ball hadn't been in our half um, we stayed in control for another five minutes I, I texted my dad and said this is going to be a route. I could see us winning this 10-0. Um, we were spraying balls over the top. They were sitting so high up. I thought I could see White and scoring three or four here. And then when the, when the about seventh minute came, everything changed. And to be fair to East Fife, their heads never dropped. Like at no point did, were they kicking their feet. 
on their absolutely horrible AstroTurf pitch. They just absolutely went for it. Um, Danny Denham ragged Jamie Brandon down the wing constantly. Um, and a young Jack Hamilton, who's on loan from uh, Livingston, gave Berra and uh, Popescu absolute nightmares. It, it was literally Ollie's fife from 2 0 up. It was like Ollie Lee, especially, just gave up. It was like the game was over and uh, didn't even get me started on Elliot Freer. <laughs> Honestly, he looked so disinterested tonight, the whole game. It looked like he would rather be anywhere else. I wish he was um, anywhere else. <laughs> um, right through to half time, it was genuinely all these five. They had chances it could have easily been a draw come half time. Um, at half time, the East Fife commentary team handed the microphone over to a board member who who asked a, who like gave some teaser question. He asked, uh, "Hearts have played these five seven times in the League Cup, but can you tell us the last time they defeated us?" And I thought, one, how random, random is that? That a board member's just asked this question. And two, why would you ask a question about your team getting beat? <laughs> it, was just, it was just mental. Zoom quizzes um, at the football. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Huh? Uh, 20 seconds into the second half and East Fife almost scored. It was so close that half their team was actually celebrating. They looked like it was in from where the camera was as well. Um, Naismith came on a little while later for Ollie Lee, who looked like he looked like he picked up a slight knock. He just looked like to me like he couldn't be bothered. Um, it was kind of scrappy. Uh, Ewan Henderson showed some electric pace down the wing. Uh, he whipped a ball into Craig Whiten. He shinned it at the keeper. A really shitty finish. Uh, the whole game, by the way, it was just all you could hear was Nielsen screaming at Henderson. Hendo, whole game. Just absolutely ripping into him. Was Henderson playing on the wing? Yeah, no, it was just White and basically a lone striker. Um, and he he barely got anything at all. I'm sure he had two shots in that one shitty one off his shin. It was the only one on target. Very quiet game. Um, on the 60th minute mark, um, Jamie Brandon made an interception. He burst forward, uh, played it into the middle to Irvin, just took a touch and absolutely smashed it at goal and scored from about 30 yards. Um, you'll probably see the replays coming through tonight. It was an absolute peach. Um, Andy Irvin had a pretty tidy game. He's probably one of our better players, um, but you'd have to give his fife, uh, Danny Denham, or, or one of the players, man of the match. Um, Christoph Beda was back and playing today. And he was just absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, like he's, he looks so far off the mark. Craig Halkett's been probably his, his best form for us so far this season. He looks a lot more composed at the back. He's building a relationship with Popescu. Um, I think there was no communication between Popescu and Beda. Uh, I said earlier, I think one thing's his accent and the second thing's the mouth guard. I just think he couldn't understand the word he was saying to him. Um, but they were just running straight between them. It, it was just bizarre. Beryl looks finished to me. He really does. Yeah, What? Uh, how long was he out there? He came off on the 70th minute. First no, game sorry. Game. How long was he out injured? A couple of months, two months. And how old is he? 35. Yeah, I mean, he's had so many injuries already. And I, I don't know, I think... I think he's passed it before that performance. No, he, he looked 
absolutely knackered when he came off, which is understandable. We would all be too. Um, like, but he looks fit. He just looked so far off the pace. And the amount of times the ball came to him, he had no pressure. And he was hoofing the ball forward. And I'm not kidding you, like, Whiting would be, say, on the halfway line looking to make a run because that's how high the defensive line was. But Bera was toe-punting these balls, like, into the keeper's hands in the 18-yard box. They just had an absolute howler today. It was unbelievable. Um, Scott McGill made another start today. Um, very quiet game. From what I did see from him, he lost the ball quite a lot. He didn't play very good at all. Uh, picked up a booking quite late on as well. Um, generally, I mean, he's five for the better team, I have to say. I think the scoreline, to be fair, they, they got a couple of goals. They could have scored five. They had a couple of penalty shouts. There was a handball in the box, which should have been a penalty. The, the referee was gorgy as fuck. So were the linesmen. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but uh, similarly to the Inverness game, the unbeaten run continues and we march on. But <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what happens against them firmly. Yeah. Whenever you just look at results over performances, the results soon disappear. So it. It needs to pick up. It really needs to pick up because mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where it, what we thought was a good, good deep squad is actually turning out to be hinging on two or three players playing well. Yeah, I completely agree. And you know what? You, I know. I, well, I've seen numerous times from us after every game now on sort of kickback and Twitter and things like that is, oh, we didn't play well, but we still got the win, and that's getting said about every game now and. That can he continue? We need to actually start playing well because teams are gonna teams will start beating us if we keep playing the way we're playing. Yeah, we're getting very lucky. Mm-hmm. It's when you think about it, we demolished Dundee, we just managed to beat Arbroath, we beat Hibs as pair, and that's <laughs> and that's a struggle against Inverness and, and East Fife. There, we go to away to Dunfermline next. That's going to be a tough game. But then we've got three easy ones. We're at home to Alloa, away to Greenock Morton, and at home to Queen of the South. You'd, you'd expect us to pick up nine points out of nine there. And then it's Celtic. Not long at all till that Scottish Cup final. I will absolutely pump them. There's Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, an interesting uh, December ahead. We shall see. But that sums up our, our recent uh, our recent unbeaten and triumphant victories. <laughs> um, Do you not think we should have brought another centre back in? Should have, would have, could have. Like, like, I, I do think we need an extra striker. We'd probably need about three wingers. We need a centre mid. We need a centre back. But we, we're obviously limited on who we can sign, how many players we can sign. We're no yeah. hibs and we're not going to fucking just spend all our money and then ask for handouts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Said it before as a rotation centre back. Yep. Um, Bera's there. I, I hope Bera doesn't start again, perhaps. I think if Cleavid was fit, it would be him and Halkett. If Cleavid was fit, if Cleavid was at Hearts. Over Popescu. I think so. There's nothing I've seen from Popescu that makes me think he's better than Cleavid. No, I'd agree with you. I just think Cleavid has like, whereas Popescu has like three or four bomb scares a game, Cleavid will have three or four all right games and then just a complete full game of bomb scare. 
<laughs> he likes to get them at his system on the first Saturday every month. <laughs> I must leave it. Um, Stephen Kingsley came on for better today, and he, he didn't look too small either. You forget he's what's is he six one? Stephen Kingsley, like he didn't look like a small centre back. It's not like Michael. Smith so he's bigger than Halkett then. Is Halkett no six <laughs> foot? Wow. He looks bigger than Halkett. I think he's he might be six foot or six one. He's there a bit. Uh, I guess inches matter to some, but not to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're, talk, you're talking about centimetres. Ooh. <laughs> I'm right enough, centimetres. Well, they definitely don't matter to some. They matter to me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, we move on. We move on to uh, Scotland games and uh, Dunfermline, no way. But, uh, but first, let's go over to Cameron for some uh, buyer sale. Well, speaking of some rook, or more specifically, how I done. Um, I decided to total up the season-long totals, or so far we've done three weeks of these, um, on the back of basically you ripping into me last week for not having my shit together, so I'm ready this time. <laughs> so you got Peer your pressure. pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> and it turns out you're all pretty steady. Simon and Paddy on three, Jarvie, Hammy on four, and obviously I'm having a fantastic season on zero. Are you actually on zero? I just thought you hadn't filled out your <laughs> No, I've got every single one wrong. <laughs> I'm all in on my season longs, season long bets, that's the way for me. Oh, I'm losing them, I was far too optimistic. <laughs> but yeah, to go into the details of last week's, um, over 3.5 goals versus Inverness, everybody bought it except Hammy. Um, of course, there was only three goals in the game, so well and Hammy, one. White in to score his next goal before Boyce. Obviously, Boyce got a goal at the weekend. White and didn't. Uh, Simon Jarvie bought it. Paddy sold it. Hammy sold it. And then, obviously, I bought it. Was, yeah. <laughs> and then the last one was Hearts to have over 57% possession in the game. I've no idea why I sold this one, but I did. Uh, they had 59% possession. The two that bought it were Jarvie and Paddy. So congratulations, gentlemen. All enjoy your points. All goes towards the big season-ending prize yet to be determined. Trip to Blackpool. What? <laughs> 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 oh, forget. It doesn't matter. Um, right. I'm not going down that, that road for you, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> this week's predictions and I've went Scotland themed this week because it seemed a bit far off to, to look at the, the next Hearts game plus let's be honest here if this Scotland game this week is bigger than most Hearts games will be this season so on that note Lee Griffiths to get more than 30 minutes versus Serbia buy or sell buy Sell. Bye. Actually, Stoner, what are you doing? I'll do the opposite of you. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it because I feel like we're gonna get the job done early on and he is not the player you're bringing on to secure the team while they're sitting with a lead. Congratulations <laughs> on that bye, Hammy. Good shout. 
Well, can, I, can I just conf- confirm that? Just in 90 minutes, yeah? No tomfoolery. <laughs> no, 30 minutes total. If it goes to extra time, that still counts. Oh, right, okay. Still going to sell it. You're locked in. You're not going to change it. That's it. <laughs> Fine, I'm still selling anyway. Scotland to win all three of their upcoming internationals on the on this week's slate. Oh, I'm going to sell it, but it feels so bad. What was it? Serbia, Slovakia, and and Israel. our favourite opponents, Israel. Israel again. Every time. Israel again. Not even in Europe. I would say pull on a flag, Paddy, but that's probably not a good idea, especially in Glasgow. That's oh. a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll buy it. Paddy, oh, man. Paddy. Look, this, you said to win all three games, not buy, so... I'm not undefeated. They have to win them all. Oh, sell. Sell every sell. Day week. <laughs> also sell, and I love that Paddy is the most positive person. I know. What is going on? <laughs> All right, more than 3.5 total goals in the game against Serbia. So, goals for Scotland and Serbia. Sell. 3.5. All right. Sell. Aye, I'll sell that as well. Sell. No, no, or one, no. So, sell. Sell. And I'm just going to join you because I I can't lose. You can't lose. (laughs) You've got to take a chance, man. You've got to start taking chances. (laughs) Early days, early days. All right, I think that I think in my head that seems solid. If, if we are going to win the game, and if we're going to win the game, we're not going to win a game that's got four goals in it. Let's be honest here. No, yeah, it'll be four goals for Serbia if that happens. <laughs> and I know Mitrovic scores for headers, right? But we've got Konzadine and Gallagher. No one right. gets past them. All right, the fun question for the week is Steve Clark to cry on live telly. Aye, buy that, buy that. Buy that. Can you define cry? Are we talking oh. <laughs> moisture dripping from me? Is that the terms and conditions? That sounds I mean, like crying eye. You're, you're a very emotional man. I'm, I'm sure you've cried plenty of times. Oh, really? <laughs> um, bye. I'm buying. Yes. Paddy. Bye, bye. He's an emotional man. This could be tears either way. Yeah. But I'm going to say, Steve does not show his emotion on the telly and I'm selling. Oh, good point there, lads. Well, I bet he cries on, uh, on, on sports scene with his pals. He's <laughs> on sports scene. And last but not least, to finish a week, Nicholas Sturgeon to mention the glorious victory on Friday while giving us all a national holiday. <laughs> Putting you all down is bye, because it is happening, gents. We're going to the Euros. It's fantastic. Send us to the outro. Well, that's all we have time for today. Many thanks to Simon, Cameron, Hammy and Paddy for your time again this week. But special thanks to Padman Scoop Productions for his copious amounts of editing time as ever. If you aren't following us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast. Please like and subscribe for this podcast. Leave a nice wee comment and don't give us one star like one prick did. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever want to email us, it's heartspodcast at gmail.com. Funny funny memes and jokes are welcome. 
uh, leave a nice review, like we said. And, and so until next time, keep washing your hands for the hearts and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.